welcome to the Writer's Rough Draft Podcast, where I climb behind the glamorous book launch world of successful writers and entrepreneurs and into the mind of folks like you who are just getting their start. Equal parts witty writing information and unabashed content curiosity with a healthy dose of laughter thrown in, my conversations with these pros share some of the trials, tips, and techniques that others have used help you build your writing and content and establish you as a leader in your fields. I'm your host, Alyssa Doucette, and I'm here to talk about all that and have some fun with Jamie Varon today. You can find the links, resources, and transcripts of our chat on the website at craftyourcontent.com slash episode 14. Jamie Varon is an entrepreneur, graphic and web designer, writer, app developer, author, traveler, curator, course creator, Seriously, she's a woman of so many talents, one feels intimidated just trying to read her bio, let alone keep up. In 2009, when personal branding was at the height of being personal branding, she launched the website Twitter Should Hire Me to make a big splash on the scene. She's been splashing all over the place since then, starting the hugely popular and successful Shutterbox web design boutique, traveling to and then living in Paris and Rome, being bold enough to try her hand at any pursuit or passion she'd wanted, she moved to L.A. Reese last year to become a Hollywood screenwriting superstar, only to discover she really just wanted to be a writer who was able to state her own truth, wrangling a fabulous position as the West Coast producer of Thought Catalog, writing and publishing two books in 2014 filled with personal essays and hilarious stories, all while rocking the characteristic sass and wit that garnered an audience that has followed her around the world and back again. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today, Jamie. Is there anything I missed out there? I think you got everything. Wow. <laughs> it's funny to hear it all like laid out like that. Wow. It's kind of a little bit of a walk down memory lane of everything that you've done over the past, you know, half decade of your life. Yeah. Whoa. I forgot about a couple of things in there. So thanks for reminding <laughs> me. <laughs> sure thing. Sure thing. Going back to the beginning of all that, because as we noted in the introduction, like way back into 2009 is when you were, you know, kind of starting to make the splashes as we talk about um, with the super fun site that you created, Twitter Should Hire Me. How did you get the idea for doing something like that? So what happened was I graduated college and I had no idea what I was going to do. So it was not even a matter of, I don't have any interest. It was like, clearly I have too many interests <laughs> that I like couldn't even focus on anything. So I just took a job for six months as like a office assistant in my college town and just sort of like putzed away for a while and like did nothing. And then I decided, I was like, okay, I'm ready to take a job. And I found this job in San Francisco as a, at like a startup. Mm -hmm. And it was terrible. It was not like the fun ping pong table startup. It was the work until you're dead kind of startup Ooh. with like no perks at all. It was pretty awful. And I quit after two weeks. I tell that story because that to me was a turning point in my life because I remember talking to my mom. I can't, I'll never forget this. And I said, and she was like, Jamie, why do you want to quit? You know, like, I mean, you have to have a job really. I mean, she was not trying to like deter me, but she was like, don't you want to have something else lined up? 
And I was living at home and I was really grateful that I was able to do that. And I just said to her, I was like, if I allow myself to stay at this job, I will be admitting to myself that I can't do better. Mm. That was like the decision for me. I was like, I have to early on in my career when I'm, you know, 22 or something, I have to say to myself, I want something more out of my life. And that just kind of like set me off to, I tried a bunch of different things. I was blogging, I was doing all this stuff. And I, you know, Twitter was not big back in 2009 is not what it is now. And I thought this is a company that's like on the forefront of completely blowing up. I tried to, I delivered cookies to their office. I tried to really get in there. And then I just decided I got to do something big. Twitter is a creative company. I can't just send a resume. Mm. So boring. I had this idea. I think it was something like 7 p.m. one night. And I was just like in my, this has become like my signature style where I get an idea and I just like execute it right away. And I executed it right away. I stayed up until 6 a.m. creating the website and designing and doing everything. And I sent out one tweet. And the next day when I woke up, well, the same day when I woke up, because it was 6 a.m., I saw that it like, for Twitter at that time, it went viral. Like everyone that was on Twitter basically saw it. And what really happened when I look back, I didn't get hired by them but because I really didn't have the experience. I had no experience of doing anything. I had just graduated college. They didn't even have a position. At that point, Twitter was like looking for engineers because they weren't looking for branding or marketing or anything. But then I started Chatterbox because the way I started Chatterbox was someone called me and they were like, do you design websites? And I said, no. <laughs> I may have just designed one, but that's beside the point. Right. Uh, yeah. And I was like, no, I don't do that. And she's like, well, if I pay you $150, will you do it? And I was like, you're going to pay me? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so I just sort of like, it was one of those things where I just kind of like pivoted into it because it just like fell into my lap. I hadn't. This, like, Shatterbox, the name, was for a social media blog. Like, because people were like, you're you're kind of, like, internet famous. you got to capitalize on that. And I was like, I don't know how. <laughs> like, I, what do I do? And people were like, write about how to be famous on social media. And I was like, I don't know what I did. <laughs> so I took that out and just made Shatterbox my company website. And soon enough, like, after a month, I was getting like a thousand to $2,000 for a website. And so I was like, well, this is lucrative. Might as well do this. <laughs> and then it ended up being like a really incredible thing. I was doing that. I had that company for like over five years. Now that's so interesting because it's Shatterbox, of course, for people who don't know listening to this, Jamie and I have known each other since 2009. I, I was around for the Twitter should hire me days and Shatterbox grew to be quite a successful, very time-consuming company, and you still managed to write regularly, to travel, to do all sorts of other stuff. How? <laughs> Honestly, like, it just didn't feel like work. To me, designing was like finger painting when I was young. Mm -hmm. It's just fun. I've just always been, like, really kind of headstrong to a fault where... 
when I started Shatterbox, I said to myself, I was like, I'm not going to work with anybody unless they want a Shatterbox style. I don't want to deal with people who just want me to do Photoshop for them. You know, I think like can get really excited about money and like forget that money doesn't feel that great when you're like miserable. Mm -hmm. So I created a very distinct style to the point where without my even trying, like a couple years into doing Shatterbox, it was being used as a verb. Like people were like, I want you to Shatterbox my site. Like I've been shatterboxed and I was like, that's so funny. But like, that's what I set out to do. Like that was my initial intention was to not make my business into a verb, but like have my style be why people came to me. And because of that intention, which I was very clear about, like everything else kind of fell into place. And I guess if I'm looking back, I can see how that's like when you have a really important guiding principle all your decisions fall under that. So when someone came to me and they were like, well, you just tweak a template, I would say, no, no, I don't do that. And so I kind of like curated what I wanted. And so for that, like doing Shatterbox wasn't that time consuming because I was really just creating like fun art for people who wanted websites. It never felt like, I mean, sometimes it felt like work, I can't say it, always did it, but like, <laughs> and then like, just like doing some of the other stuff. I don't know. I just, I guess I'm good with managing my time. I don't know. I'm such a procrastinator. I look back and I don't know how the hell I did all that. <laughs> and I'm sure I'll feel that way a year from now when I look back at this time too. Like, I don't know what I do. I, I, I feel like I'm panicked all the time trying to get shit done. And then I look back and I'm like, well, I did a lot. How did I do that? I'm in like self-doubt all the time. Like it's not that I just like believe in myself so incredibly that I'm like, oh, it's so effortless. Like it's hard all the time. I don't know what I do. <laughs> I think that's something that a lot of people maybe don't understand about people who do create a lot of their income and lives around kind of these creative pursuits that it isn't all stuff that, as you said, just effortlessly comes to people. It's stuff that you have to work really hard at and do much of the work, like right up to a deadline crying. <laughs> yeah. One of the things I actually think that I really got good at with Shatterbox, and I probably need to get better at with my writing, is when it wasn't coming, like when I could not create, when I just felt like I had no ideas, I didn't really get down on myself. I would just leave. And I mean, I, I know that I have, I have the luxury of being able to do that because I have my own business, but I wouldn't just like sit around clicking on Facebook or anything because I, I really trusted that it would come. I guess I don't have that with my writing and I just have like a realization. So this is interesting. I don't have that same trust with my writing. And so I do, I click around on Twitter. I click around on Facebook and I make myself crazy until I realized, oh my God, I've been sitting here for four hours and I haven't been writing. But with design, I trust that in a day or two, like it'll come, I'll get it and I'll do it in an hour. Like sometimes I'll, I'll spend weeks or maybe even not that long, but like a week not being able to come up with a design concept. And then right when it comes, it's like, it's so effortless. And I think what I stopped doing was beating myself up about the in-between time because 
I think like in a creative profession, we forget that not creating is part of it too. Your brain is like constantly kind of like percolating and you need to just let that happen. And that's really hard to do if you're sitting at your computer being like, do this work, do this work, do this work, do this work. Like it's impossible and nothing gets in. So that's to me like one of the biggest things. And then another thing about like self-doubt, I guess, to me, the desire to create and put stuff out into the world is more important than my self-doubt. I have both going on at the same time. I doubt pretty much everything that I do. Which is so baffling to me because you cover that really well because you do come across as someone who is so passionately believing in everything that she puts out and everything that she does. Yeah, it's it's funny. I actually wrote a post about this the other day of like struggles of people who have so much self-doubt, but people don't think that they have any. <laughs> I was like, this is my struggle so bad because like I have so much self-doubt, but I think I just also have just this desire to not let it swallow me. Like I'm very, I think one of the biggest things is I'm very self-aware. Like I'll know when my self-doubt is just like killing me. And I'll be like, I have to just do something. And I always feel better if I have self-doubt about my writing. If I write like even 200 words, if I write a tweet, if I write anything, I feel better. And so I just like have to push through it. I mean, it's much harder to do than just like saying it. It also like has comforted me to find out that people I really admire and respect have self-doubt too. It's one of those things that people never talk about, but we all feel If you're not feeling self-doubt, then I don't know that you're really putting something out there that matters to you. Mm. You're playing it safe. Like, I don't have self-doubt when I do stuff that I just, like, inherently know people are going to like. Granted, that doesn't happen very often. (laughs) But, I mean, because I don't really, like, pander. But, you know, that's the kind of thing where I'll just be like, ah, well, whatever. To me now, it's become, like, my self-doubt is a marker that I'm doing something big. I'm like, oh, great. Yes. Like, this means it's important. Right. This means I have to push through it. Because that, to me, is like, that's when I'm really getting to the heart of something that I am afraid to say that needs to be said. And it's funny that that just comes in so many forms. I mean, I'll have self-doubt about something I put on Instagram. Like, it's all sorts of things. And then I'll be like, no, this is important. This needs to be out there for some reason. Even if that reason is just to show me that like my self-doubt's not going to, it's not going to stop me. I I would be really sad if I woke up one day and was like, wow, I didn't do all those things just because I like was worried that I wasn't good enough. I would be sad about that. So a lot of those times that you're talking about the self-doubt, I kind of heard you alluded to it a couple of times. And I know a lot of other people that end up in this boat the best way to avoid kind of self-doubt and that that terror of hitting the publish button is to avoid all of the work and all of the publishing and everything as long as you possibly can. <laughs> you mentioned that there are some times that you just have to shut your brain off and just walk away from the work for a little while. What are some of the things you do to like shut down from constantly thinking on that stuff? Well, that's one of the big things. I also will read a book. I mean, I'm not as disciplined as I think there are many, many days, especially now that my job is to write. There are many days where I just sit there stewing in it. 
And I'm just like, all I'm doing is a bunch of self-loathing. Well, Mm. here we are. Because it's sometimes really hard to get perspective. Sometimes that self-doubt or that ego or whatever it is sounds really true. They are just like, you know what? You suck. And I'm like, I think you're right. Today, I think you're right. And sometimes I think like I just stew in it. Other times I'm like, okay, I need to go take a walk. I need to watch something. I'll just like put something mindless on. I'll cook, which is really helps me to like clear my mind. I have, you know, a few friends who we all love to just do like, let's word vomit about our life and see what's going on. And I'll talk to people and find out something about myself. What's really important is when that starts to happen is one, like treat yourself with incredible kindness and two, tell the truth about what's going on. Tell someone like, I feel like all my work sucks. That actually like alleviates a lot of things because the fear is, oh my God, all my work sucks. But then there's also the shame of, oh my God, all my work sucks. And I feel ashamed that I think that. And then the shame leads you to like not tell anybody. And so then it's like this big secret and it becomes like built up. It's just not worth it because everybody's feeling the same thing. We're all feeling that. So why we're trying to keep it in, like it's pointless because we could all share and be like, oh, great. We're not alone. And that is the worst part of it. When I was talking to Mark Manson, we were joking about how in every like word processing document that almost everyone that exists, you have that stupid cursor that sits there and blinks at you and like mocks you every half second being like, you don't know what you are talking about and (laughs) drives you crazy if you don't get out and like get out of your own head and be able to talk to other people about it because otherwise you're just stuck. Oh, you get so stuck. But another thing that I found is if I let myself off the hook too much and I give too much air to those doubts, that also kills me. Sometimes I have to ask myself, okay, is this something that really needs to be talked about? Or can I just write something? Like, just write it. Just write something. And a lot of times just doing the work and pushing myself to do the work, there's plenty of things that I write that I'm like, I am never going to publish that. (laughs) That is terrible. (laughs) And I just like, I mean, which is hard to do considering my job is to publish pretty much every day. And like, you know, these things don't get go through like rounds and rounds of edits. You just like put, put, put publish. Like that's the nature of online Mm -hmm. publishing. But there are some times where I have to stop giving into myself because that becomes addictive to be like, oh, well, I'm figuring things out and I'm figuring myself out. Like a lot of times it's like, okay, I know you exist. I know that I doubt myself, but I have to just do it. Like I have to just push through because, you know, if I go like a week without writing or something, like I get kind of rusty. And so Mm -hmm. I have to like just push myself to do it because that's another thing. I I can get a little wallowy, (laughs) a little wallowy about it. Like, oh, woe is me. Like, Another thing I've been thinking a lot about is I do this thing where I have a fantasy me in my head and she's effortless. She writes like perfectly and she just 
sits down at the same time every day and never gets distracted. And she just publishes and the comments are like, I love you. And this fantasy girl is amazing. You know, she never feels bad about herself. She never lets herself get down. She's wearing white all the time for some reason. Because she can wear white all the time because she's fantasy. She she doesn't (laughs) spill anything because she has boobs. Like, she (laughs) can just effortlessly do everything. And I hold myself up to this fantasy person. I realized this actually yesterday. Just yesterday. I was like, wow. I'm an asshole to myself because I think that person exists somewhere. And I'll say, oh, if I was writing for this website, it would be better because it's not those kind of commenters. Or da, 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 da. And it's like anything that I can think of to make my current situation not the ideal situation and my perfect situation is somewhere out there is what I'll do. And then I'll be like, shut up. That's not true. Like, do the work right now. Be now, right now. And, like, I'm making up excuses. And when I realized that yesterday, I was like, whoa, I'm holding myself hostage to this fantasy person that is not real. Mm. Like, that's never going to exist. Like, I am never going to be that effortless. I'm always going to not wear white because I spill shit on my chest. Like, it's always going to happen. Like, that to me is, like, going to stick out in my mind that my person <laughs> wears all white. I'm pretty sure it's going to stick out in everyone's mind. <laughs> like, oh, my God. The fact that my fantasy person wears white is, like, that's... <laughs> that's indicative of many, many things. Yes. <laughs> that, is truth. that is, like, important <laughs> in my side. Like, oh, I could never be her. <laughs> Well, I'm going to give you a chance to be a little like her and go with a little bit of effortlessness here. We are going to move on to a fun little game that I like to play with folks. Super easy. Over the next two minutes, I'm going to ask you a series of either or questions. I want you to answer with the first thing that pops into your mind. And we're going to try to get through as many as we can and get a little sneak peek into the secret thoughts of your writer's mind. Are you feeling ready? I'm ready. I'm nervous. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's go. Pen or pencil? Pencil. Mac or PC? Mac. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Night or morning? Night. Good writing or correct writing? Good writing. Noise or silence? Noise. Righty or lefty? Lefty. Weird or typical? Weird. School or no school? Um, School. Outside or inside? Outside. Clean or messy? Clean. Teacher or student? Teacher. Town or city? City. Trains or planes? Planes. Skiing or surfing? Yes, skiing. (laughs) Fantasy or reality? reality love or money love introverts or extroverts introverts good content or good marketing content smile or game face (laughs) oh smile call or text text money or fame fame 
be older than you are now or be younger than you are now? Older. Think before you talk or talk before you think? Talk before you think. Have a dragon or be a dragon? <laughs> be a dragon. Best-selling book or million-dollar business? Oh. Mm. Both. <laughs> what is one site that you are loving right now? Bustle. Boom, and perfect timing. Whoa. You made it almost all the way through. Congratulations. See, I told you, effortless, and you're almost the fantasy all-in-white girl from that. <laughs> almost <laughs> well I mean you know you can maybe you were pretending to be her while you were answering I don't know I'm not inside your head but hopefully we gave you at least a, a mini second of it no I saw it I saw it. <laughs> surprised by a couple of things it's funny when you have to kind of a gut reaction just answer one or the other you're like boom oh I had no idea that's what I was gonna say yeah yeah <laughs> definitely that's a fun game well, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today, Jamie. Where can folks find your writing and business and other books and stuff online? Um, right now, uh, the best place to find me would be thoughtcatalog.com. I'm on the front page, so you could just find me there. And then Facebook, facebook.com slash Jamie Varen. That would be great. Twitter is awesome. Pretty much I'm the most prolific on those three places, so... Perfect. And do you have any parting thoughts, any kind of further wisdom or ideas about writing and business that you think people should know? I would say through everything, treat yourself with a lot of kindness and care. And whenever you feel like you're alone and you're the only one that feels that way, seriously, sign on to the internet <laughs> and see that you're not because pretty much anything you're feeling other people are feeling too and it's really comforting to know that so so true well thank you very much thank you you can find this episode's notes and resources at craftyourcontent.com slash episode 14 and the writer's rough drafts full archive at craftyourcontent.com slash podcast if you want to talk more writing with me or just say hi you can always catch me on Twitter at Alyssa Doucette. The show is produced and published by my outstanding content management team over at craftyourcontent.com. Thank you for listening on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or right off the site. If you love listening to writers talking about their writing paths as much as I love talking to them about it, please leave us a quick five-star review. Reviews and sharing your favorite episodes help me get the word out and get more people on the show. Thank you so much for listening to me geek out today about writing with Jamie Varon. Till I'm in your earbuds next Tuesday, go create your own compelling content and make some words sexy. You're still an artist and a free spirit and just go where the wind shall take you, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. <laughs>